All right. Good morning. You guys awake out there? Can we bring up the house lights a little bit, y'all? Pretty please. Oh, good. I can see faces now. That's always a plus. Uh, so uh, I just want to say, one, it's not as cold as it normally is in here, which is odd. We should check into that this week. Uh, two, um, this means summer is officially over, which kind of makes me sad, but kind of happy. How, parents, how many of you are excited that summer is officially over? How many of you sad that summer's over? That this whole group up here is now sad that summer's over. I understand. Uh, we had an incredible summer, um, but I want to give a couple shout-outs real fast. One, uh, almost everything you see back here was handmade by our students. Everything from the screen to the lights, the triangles. They put all this together, a lot of hard work. Uh, this is our... This is our wor Wednesday worship team. We added one person who helped us out and a lot of other people like from normal uh, Sunday morning, but uh, Marshall was helping us out. Um, he's the band director over at HJ, but he was helping us out this morning. So I want to just give him a shout out. So thank you. And uh, so how many of you guys got to go on a trip this summer? Anybody get to go on a trip this summer? And uh, did you have a good vacation? Yes? Okay, so I'm going to count to three, and I want you just to say really fast what your favorite place is you went on your trip this summer, okay? I'm going to hear it all at once. Mm-hmm. Ready? One, two, three. Awesome. De Destin. Some people are like, Verge, Destin. Uh, I hope you went somewhere fun with your family, got to hang out and spend some time. Um, so I want to tell you a, a little story about uh, a trip that we go on. This is kind of an embarrassing story for me. Anybody have, like, really embarrassing stories that you don't like to tell in public? I've only told this story one other time, and I felt like today was also a fitting time. So this is me putting myself out there on the limb because it's just, like, one of those things that every time I think about it, I cringe and, like, lose sleep over. It's just that embarrassing. So once upon a time, uh, we used to go to Schlitterbahn Water Park in New Braunfels, the real Schlitterbahn, okay? You know what I'm talking about? How many of you like Schlitterbahn's New Braunfels? Like, that's the good one. And so we used to go there every year at the end of the school year. Um, it, and as long as I had my grades up and stuff, we got to take an extra day off of school. I only didn't get to go one time because my grades were bad. Let's not talk about that. Um, and so we would go there every summer. And so I remember one of the very first years uh, that, we, that I got to kind of go there and I was like left to go on my own. Uh, I think it was probably around like eighth grade-ish, like going into eighth grade, that summer between seventh and eighth grade. And... Um, Man, that's when, like, board shorts had just come out. Do you guys remember board shorts, like swimsuits? And they came in, like, really loud colors with uh, flowers on them. Do you all remember this trend? And so I was really cool, and I had a pair of orange board shorts with little blue um, hibiscus flowers, if I'm saying it correctly. And I thought it was awesome and hot stuff. And I was cruising around Schlitterbahn all day by myself and had a great time. And uh, we got to stay in the park, and so we were staying in the park that week. Um, that weekend, and we had, like, cool things where if you stay in the park, you get to stay, like, an extra hour, like, the park stays open for you, and so I was, like, awesome, and I came in, checked in at lunch, I kept going, um, and then the day was having fun, and I made some new friends, um, they were happened to be girls, so let's not talk about that part tonight, and, uh, and so, you know, these, uh, park was closing. I just kind of was hanging out with them at one of the, the little, like, little wade pools. They had, like, you know, there's, like, a hot tub, and there's some pools and stuff. Uh, you know, just hanging out. Lost track of time. Um, they finally, like, their parents were like, hey, we got to go, and I was like, I should probably head back. And, and so I, I began to start walking back towards my uh, family where they were staying and stuff, and I remember walking up this hill that was, had, like, some ugly green carpet, like, in the middle of it. And I don't 
And so I'm walking up this, and I see my family, and they look at me with, like, desperation and love and all these emotions, like, all at once. And I was like, what is going on? Like, just in the back of my head, like, I was terrified and confused and excited all at once. And so I get there, and they're like, oh, my gosh, we thought you were dead. Like, do what? Like, they literally thought I was dead because I had been gone for so long after the, the park had closed that they literally, like, the entire park, like, the whole staff was, like, checking the chutes and the river to make sure I wasn't dead, like, looking for a little blonde kid with an orange bathing suit, all right? And so they, they have everybody looking out there for me, and so I begin to walk up, and I see my family coming towards me, and it was such a traumatic experience that my grandmother, like, wrote a poem about it. And for some odd reason, like any time like, I have like a new friend, I don't even know how long it was that Lindsay and I were dating before Grammy pulled out this poem. She's like, you want to hear the worst thing that ever happened? And she like reads this poem to her, and I was just like, this is so embarrassing. Quit telling people this story. Like this is, this is like one of the low lights in my life. Uh, and, and so here I was, and I, they knew that I was lost. I had no clue that I was lost. You get what I'm saying? How many of you ever had that problem with your GPS, okay? You, like, like I'm... If you didn't have a GPS in today's world, how many of you would be lost a lot more often? I'm thankful for Apple phones, okay? You made a, made a change in the world for the better in that one area. Instagram, we got to talk about it. So, I had no idea I was lost. And my question to you to, to this morning is really simple. Is it possible that some of us don't know that we're lost? Is it possible? And so here's, we're going to read a story from one of my favorite chapters of the Bible. It's Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15 has three major stories in it. One is of the good shepherd and the lost sheep. Next one is lost coin, a woman looking for her coin. And the last one that is probably the most well-known is the parable of the prodigal son. Y'all remember those stories? And each one of these has a different meaning. They're talking about the three persons of God. You have the, the first one talking about the good shepherd, which is Jesus, the good shepherd. You have... The woman looking for the lost coin, uh, and that is about the Holy Spirit and always bringing back your worth. No matter where you're at, you're always valuable to the Lord. And the last one is talking about the Father God, who has always got wide open arms to bring you back home, no matter what, you, what you've been doing. But today we're going to look at the lost sheep. So if you guys will turn with me to Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 7. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. Mm. Terrible, eating with bad people. So Jesus told them this story. He says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go and search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have, told, I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. So there's a couple stories in the Bible that I grew up in church. Anybody else grow up in church? Like Sunday school? You know, like the song Father Abraham, many sons. Like, if you grew up in church, you know that song. And when stories would come out like this, um, I would automatically assume that I was in the 99, and God had some serious business to do over that one sheep that had gotten himself strayed and lost. When they told the story, when Jesus told the story about 
the different soils, I always assumed that I wasn't the hard rocky soil or the soil with the thorns. I always assumed that I was the good soil and I didn't need no help. As I've gotten older and closer with Jesus, I realized that it takes work to stay with the 99. And it takes, anybody that's ever worked in the yard, you know it takes work to keep that soil good. It doesn't just happen on its own. And so I've come to the realization that when I begin to automatically assume that I belong to the 99 or to the good soil, my assumption's probably a little bit astray. Does that make sense? You guys tracking with me so far? So my question is, is for us here, is it possible that some of us are lost and completely unaware? I was lost and completely unaware. My parents were excited to see me, and when I showed up, they, sh- they came after me with open arms. They said, we've been searching for you high and low. And when they found me, they brought me back in and, and loved on me and rejoiced that I was back. But I had no idea that I was not where I was supposed to be. Is it possible that some of us here this morning are not where we're supposed to be? Because, man, God is searching. He's looking for you. He, he wants you to, to bring you home and bring you into the fold. And it doesn't just mean that you're like a bad person, like a sinner. That's not what I'm saying. But how many of you know that I, I've seen so many people that kind of give up on their destiny, their purpose, their God-given purpose in their life. And they'd be like, I've already put in my time. I've put in my dues. I'm good. Or I'm too old. Or I'm too young. Or I'm too this. Or I'm too that. And we kind of give up on the God dreams, the things that God has given us to do. We decided that we're just... We're done. But let me just tell you right now, if you have breath in your lungs, a heartbeat in your chest, a thought in your brain, then God still has a purpose for you on this earth. And he's still wanting to bring you in to his family and direct you on that path. Because here's what happens when you get all the sheep together. When all the sheep together, they're going to follow somebody. They're going to follow the good shepherd. That's the good test if... If you're with the 99 or you're off on your own, are you really following the good shepherd? Are you following where he's leading you in your life? Or are you trying to do your own thing? They've told a a lie to the last several generations that have come along. Probably one of the worst lies we've ever told in all of history. And it says this, you do you. Anybody ever written somebody off and just said that to somebody or said that about yourself? Like, just, you do you. It's not my problem no big deal. Can I just say that that is the worst lie we've ever told? Because we're not supposed to you do you. We're supposed to you do Jesus. You follow me? We, we don't get to just do whatever we want to do and just call it like, hey, this is how God made me. Yes, there's parts of us that is unique and awesome that God made us different from everybody else. But at the same time, we're supposed to be following the good shepherd. We're supposed to be following Jesus. That's the test of our life. Is our life moving and looking more and more like Jesus? Are we looking more and more like the world? See, this, this sheep that was off on his own, he was trying to do his own thing. Completely unaware that he was lost. Completely just in, engaged and engulfed in whatever he wanted to do. It wasn't that he was a bad sheep. It wasn't a bad person. He just wasn't where he was supposed to be. He wasn't following who he was supposed to follow. So my question is, are we th- those people? Are we following the good shepherd? Are we where we're supposed to be? So, good news. If you find yourself as a lost sheep, it's all good. 
because that still means that there's a Savior who has reckless abandon and love for you that will jump through hoops and do whatever it takes to get to you. He's pursuing you. He's pursuing your heart. He's pursuing your soul. He's pursuing your mind because he wants you. Not a version of you. Not the fake you, but the real you. The Savior wants to come up and ask you, hey, how's life? And you give him a real answer instead of, uh, we're all good here, God. I don't need you. Because I don't know how good you are. I don't know how good you think you are, but every day I wake up, I'm like, Jesus, I need you. I'm a punk. I'm a jerk. I'm a mess. I'm a failure on my own. But with you, all of my weaknesses, your strengths cover all of them. And you've made me whole and you've made me righteous. You've made me more than a conqueror. And that's what I want to be, Jesus. I want to follow you. And in following Jesus, church, can I just, can I be a little poignant with y'all this morning? Is that okay? You got to nod your head. So I say it's okay. All right, cool. I mean, we used to youth, they like talk back to me. They're being quiet because they're scared. They're like, we're in big church. We got to behave ourselves. If we're supposed to be looking more and more like Jesus, shouldn't we also be going out after the one? I've sat in these pews for five years now, and I've seen them dwindle and not grow. And I'm not, I can't, you can't blame that on someone else or pinpoint it on someone else. When was the last time you invited someone to church? When was the last time you shared the gospel? When was the last time you put your arms around someone that was hurting deeply? And you prayed over them. When was the last time you went to the, your waiter and you asked them, to, hey, can I, you just felt compassion for them. They're like, can I pray for you? And left them a big tip. Don't pray for somebody and then don't leave them a tip. Like that, that's just a punk move. When, when was the last time that you acted like Jesus and pursued the one? The one who was the outcast, the one who was lonely, the one who was alone, the one who didn't feel like, felt like they didn't belong, the one who felt like they were a failure. When was the last time you went out for them? Maybe it was a coworker at, at work that like nobody likes. No one wants to be around. Maybe it's that black sheep of the family that everybody else has already written off. Maybe it's a, just a, a church member that you haven't seen in a while. I, I can't even tell you, I literally have invited over 200 people to church this week. And not for this service, just in general. That was just me, and I'm just the youth pastor. That's not even my job. Like, I'm just supposed to deal with these kids and make sure that they stay out of your way. <laughs> I'm kidding. I want them all in your way. <laughs> See, I, I have this one core thing about me. How many of you have ever had a group of friends, two groups of friends, and you wanted the, all of you to be friends? Right? You had a best friend and a best friend, and you wanted all three of you to be best friends. See, when I have my best friend Jesus over here, and I got my best friend Brandon over here, my goal above all other goals is I want the three of us to be best friends. I want them to meet one another and them to be best friends. I want them to connect. So my question is, how many of you out there have somebody that needs to meet Jesus, the real Jesus, not the fake 
not the churchy Jesus, but the real nitty gritty, the one who climbs mountains, the one who goes in the dirt, the one who, who put himself on the cross. And how many of you can be that Jesus for someone? How many of you are willing to be a bringer of the gospel to the lost and the broken and the hurting? Let me pray for us. Jesus, you're so good. So good. God, we're thankful for you. We're thankful that you'll go out of your way to find us when we're lost and even when we don't know that we're lost. And God, you welcome us back with enthusiasm and excitement and love with open arms. And Lord, my prayer is that one that there's a person in this room that doesn't know you, Father God, that you would seek them out this morning, that you would put your arms of love around them, that they would feel your spirit and your presence like never before. But Lord, I also pray that this morning that there's some people that have become apathetic towards your love and your people. And Lord, I pray that we would no longer be apathetic, but God, that we would be on fire, that we would have a passion in our heart and our soul that those that are lost and broken and hurting would come to know you, would come to meet you. They would know the love that we feel from you. And Lord, I ask that you would just move in our hearts in the way that we need you to today. In Jesus' name I pray. All God's people said, amen. We're gonna do our offering real quick. So I have some ushers, so if that's y'all, I'll talk to you earlier. And they're gonna come down the rows. But as they come down the row, I want you to, we're gonna do two things that's a little different this morning. As they come by, you put your offering in there. And then as, as they come by, I'm going to ask you to stand and sing and worship with us one more time as we sing this song over our own lives and we sing it over our families' lives and over our city's lives and our co-workers' lives and our school's lives, that if God is, has reckless love for us, doesn't he have reckless love for them? Can we do that, church? Amen? Amen. All right.